Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. If you don't know me or if this is the first time that you're joining me, welcome. My name is Kylie Nicole and I'm an evidential medium in Perth in WA. Today, I don't think this is going to be a long podcast, but it's something that I really feel in my soul and I really wanted to share it with you because for those of you who are empaths or old souls, and a lot of you will be, we go through this period in our life of being invisible or of being or feeling surplus to requirements, even if that's not the reality or our family don't intend to make us feel like that. So many of you have the sense that you're here for something different and something greater. You have a voice, you have a story, you have something that you need to share with the world. But you also struggle with this complex of who am I to do that? Who am I to have a voice? Who am I to have a message? What makes me think I'm special? And why do I think I'm different and deserve anything different? And I come across this a lot with the women that I work with on the Empowered Path program because they've had to prove themselves to themselves. They've had to put themselves up against all of these hurdles and all of this conditioning. And they've had to come out of the other side of that and understand what that was and the fact that regardless of everything we put ourselves through, it becomes part of our story. And it also shows us where where we're meant to be. Sometimes, and actually more often than not, growth is uncomfortable. And that's because if we weren't uncomfortable, we would never change anything. And change, creating the kind of change that I'm talking about takes courage. It's not something that's easy. You almost have to lose sight of yourself entirely and find a desperate wish to figure that out and come back to yourself before you'll realize that we take on so many different roles and identities and place cards that when we are more conscious of proving a point or people pleasing or wanting to fit into a society that at best feels alien to us and at worst is quite toxic in some ways. And look, it's not doom and gloom at all. I would never say that I've had an interesting life, but I would never say that it's been miserable. I have been loved. I have been cherished. There is joy. There are always adventures. There is understanding. There's huge growth. There is the potential for so much more than we maybe allow for ourselves. And that's okay. That's all part of the journey. But then the other layer to this is as women, we often take on the roles of providing, of fixing, of mediating, of accepting less than and believing that we are less than. And I know people have spoken about this ad nauseum. I get it. But I don't know how many people have listened to what we're saying. Then when you have children, <laughs> well, the ball game changes all over again. And those of you who are parents will understand this, but suddenly it's not about, not that you would have had much time, airtime on yourself anyway, <laughs> but then you're even further back in the pecking order. It's really not about you. And the priorities all change and what that looks like and how it presents for you, it's all different. And for me, I... I didn't lose myself in becoming a parent because I was determined not to. I kept my work situation going. 
you know, it wasn't an easy time for, you know, external external influences and stuff, not because of the work. But I was I was seeing clients two days before my son was born and I think I started seeing them again two days after I came home from hospital because my mediumship is so important to me. And I felt better when I was in that space. And it's just, you know, that's different. It's not a day job. I don't think I would have been rushing back to a nine to five. (laughs) By any means, I would not have been doing that. But I also tried to go in very clear about my mental health, about what I could cope with, what I couldn't cope with, how I was communicating that. I tried to be very upfront. I know myself really, really well. And it's something that I pride myself on because you never just do the work and know yourself and then it stops because we are evolving species. Like <laughs> we are always changing and growing and you have to keep on top of that knowledge. Otherwise you'll lose sight of that. But it's the one thing that I felt like I've always nailed. <laughs> I've always been really good at my own sense of identity and my own self and knowing where I'm at and how I'm feeling. And I, I thought I was a good communicator. I'm not good at asking for help. I would rather struggle and do it myself rather than put anybody else out. And I actually had a reminder of that recently because my best friend and her husband were over from Switzerland and they were staying with us for three weeks. And I was trying to do everything on my own. And Janine would constantly say to me, Kylie, we are here to help. You need to ask us to help. Like you don't have to be doing all of this by yourself. Even if it was like I'd be sitting down feeding Tommy and I'd need to go and get wipes and somebody would be in the kitchen and they could just throw them over to me. But instead, I would put everything down, uh, get up, go to the kitchen, get the wipes, come back, sort them out. And Jay noticed me doing this with everything. So she actually had a conversation with me about it and I realized what I was doing. And it comes from a place of not having anyone to rely on because I'm a I'm a single parent for 50% of the time. My husband works away and his swing is amazing. It's eight weeks on, uh, sorry, eight, eight, no, eight days on, six days off. So it's not a bad swing at all. We're very, very lucky with it. But I have to be a single parent in the time where he's not there. And I'm used to just relying on myself and making a plan and just doing it instead of thinking about it or asking for help. But I also realized when I was looking back that there are so few photographs of me with our son. There are thousands of Dave and Saxon and Tommy and probably more than that of Tommy on his own. But there's probably, I don't know, maybe 20, maybe 20 of me with him. And out of those photos, I've taken most of them myself. And that got me thinking about how we're always the ones behind the camera we create these moments we bring people together and we facilitate this family environment and we hold space for our family but very seldom are we ever witnessed participating in it so I was having a think about that and I'm not one for uh, reading poetry in a podcast (laughs) she says as she gets out her phone and she makes sure she's about to read something but I did, I did actually write something about this when I was going through this. And I've just felt called to share it because I know that so many of you will resonate with it. So bear with me. It's not that long, but we'll get to the end. <laughs> and there is a point to it. So this is something I wrote. Um, when did I write it? Let's have a look. Ah, I can't, I can't see when I wrote it, but it doesn't matter. Um, It was a while ago anyway, but it goes, it's called She Was There Until She Wasn't. 
and it goes... She was there on the daily commute, her head messy with the chaos of a thousand lives to organize and nothing on the road ahead, until she wasn't. She was there in the one-way conversations that were imposed on her without her permission and without requiring her input, until she wasn't. She was there, invisible in the pretty dress against the background of strangers' talk at an event she was obligated to attend, until she wasn't. She was there, but only behind the camera, uncaptured at every family function, every beautiful moment, and each precious fleeting memory, until she wasn't. She was there in the darkened room, thinking out loud in subdued tones, in memory of who she could have been before she died a living grief, until she wasn't. Now, you'll find her lying in the flowers, underneath darkened sunshot clouds, washed by the storm that cleared the way and baptized in the breaking of the sun, and she can breathe again. So that, those words and the energy that they were written in, that was about finding yourself, but not only finding yourself. It was about giving yourself permission to not be everything that everybody needs you to be before you are who you need to be. When you back yourself and when you represent yourself and when you step up for yourself, that's when magic happens because you are whole on your own. You create the biosphere of everything that revolves around you, around your world, around your family. You're the cornerstone. And you can't, you can't half-ass that. We're told that we need to give everything we are to facilitate our children and our partners and our friends and our family. And we have to take on identities because that's who our family expect us to be. This is the role they expect us to play. That's how it has always been. And I guess my message to you today is just because that's how it has always been does not mean that that's how it is meant to be. And it also doesn't mean that that's how it has to be. I find a deep, deep abiding joy in being a mother, in being a wife, in being a friend, in being a daughter. In all of the roles that I have taken on, I find joy. But I wouldn't have the same capacity for that joy if I didn't honor myself and my own experience first. And guys, I don't always get it right. I'm not saying I've got this, I don't have this down to a fine art at all, but I'm getting better. And that's the thing, like when you know better, you do better and I'm getting better. I think it's also, I was lucky enough not to have dealt with any kind of depression or anything like that after I had Tommy. Very, very straightforward for me. There was definitely some uh, trauma response to how my little man came into the world but nothing that was overwhelming for me and nothing that, you know, continued on past the first day. So it's not just being a mum. It's not just going through that process uh, that will throw things out for you. It's when you get to a point in your life and you realise that up until this point, everything that you've done and the impact that you've made and everything that you've sacrificed, and it is sacrifice, we give so much and we miss out on so much, through obligation because we're told that we have to be a certain way and do things a certain way. And when you get to this point and you realize that all of that stuff that's taken so much from us and brought us very little back in return has led to nowhere or is empty for us or we remain invisible and people have expectations in terms of what we do. Even in relationships, you find that when you are constantly giving it becomes expected 
And unless you have a partner who has the awareness to catch themselves in the moment and go, wow, I've got no right to be expecting this of you. This is something that you do because you, this is your love language. Um, if it's your love language, sometimes like being active, taking action, being affectionate or being demonstrative is a love language. But when you have a partner who expects you to do it because you've always done it, then it takes the joy out of being that way for you. And I think that that's really hard to understand. And we also do it to our partners. If, if you have a, a partner who is supportive, who's constantly turning up, who picks up their share of the burden, who provides very well, who will do their share of the cleaning and the cooking and the housework and the adulting and all of the, the stuff that comes with that, you will find that there are moments when you expect that from them and you take them from granted. And again, I'm not, this is not a uh, dear, dear Dre. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a relationship expert, but where I do feel like I come into my own is understanding that everything in our life, everything that we feel, everything that we experience is our responsibility. We have to be whole on our own. We have to be pouring from a full cup and not an empty cup. We have to learn how to make ourselves a priority, even if no one has ever demonstrated that to us in our life, because that is our responsibility. Unless you have very, very small children, the only responsibility you have in terms of mental health, providing joy and self-validation is to you. It's not your job to be a cheerleader for everybody else. And you can do that. And it's a lovely thing to do. But you need to be that cheerleader for you first. You need to be able to, to know that when you are feeling something, whether it's any big emotion, actually, like I was, I was going to specify, but it doesn't matter. When you feel something, it is your responsibility to understand what those feelings are telling you. Feelings are not good or bad. They just are. Emotions are not good or bad. They just are. But there is a message. There is an awareness that comes with all of these things. And it's your responsibility to understand what your body, what your physiology, what your spirituality, what your higher self, what your consciousness, whatever you want to call it. You need to know what the message is and you need to find the strength to honor that message to get yourself to move forward in your life and to create something different. If what's going on for you isn't working for you, you need to create something different. It's not somebody else's job to try harder. It's not your job to try harder, not for anybody else. But when it comes to you, you're the most important thing in your life because you can't be who you need to be for all the people who need you if you're not there. So... I know this podcast is a little bit on the, I was going to say the depressive side, and I don't mean for it to come across that way because the other side of the coin, when you step into your power, when you understand who you are, what you contribute, when you truly believe your worth and your value, when you live life on your own terms with no apologies because you're in alignment when what you think, say, and feel is the same, when you honor and celebrate everything that you are, everything that you've gone through, everything that you're going to go through, when you give yourself permission to dream and to do things differently and to say no to the things that don't serve you, when you allow yourself to walk away from things that are like destroying your soul and situations that are creating anxiety and illness and disease and discomfort, all of those things, when you understand and when you go no more, when you've hit those crossroads and you make yourself the priority and you choose you, life is incredible, guys. It's amazing what you can create if you just believe that you can do things differently. And when you're an old soul, 
it's almost like you get to that point and conditioning and what everybody else expects goes in the fuck it bucket. Excuse my French, um, but it does. You post it all into the fuck it bucket because it's done nothing for you. It's got you stuck in an ego space. It's got you warped. You've lost sight of who you are. You've lost sight of what's important. You're not making the meaningful impact on the people that you care about that you'd like to make. You're missing out on all of the things that actually mean something to you and making excuses that you can do it. You're letting down family members because you're putting something else over them when nothing should be more important than the people that you love. But they're the first persons, the first persons, they're the first people who get pushed aside when work gets busy. And that's because we believe that only we can do something, only we can solve something. And it's all part of the journey and we are all guilty of doing it. I used to work 70 hour weeks. I used to get up at stupid o'clock in the morning, drive to work, drive back. It was an hour's commute each way at the end of an extended working day because the culture that I worked in was that you didn't clock watch and you went home when you were done. And obviously you're never done. So you very rarely get home on time. So I'd be doing like a few hours extra anyway, driving an hour and getting home, falling asleep on the sofa, being a horrible person, going to bed and repeating it all. And I did that for years. And I'm just very grateful that I woke up to myself. I was 30 when it happened, but my word, thank God it happened then and not when I was like 50 or 60. But it's never too late. I'm just grateful for the fact that I had the awareness at a younger age and I could create something different. You know, when I had the ability and the freedom afforded to me to be able to go out and explore and see what I wanted to do. And I just think that so many of us are wearing pain like a badge of honor and we're not meant to. Part of the journey is the fact that we're supposed to discard that badge of honor. We're supposed to refuse to be identified by these things. And life isn't always easy. You know, things do happen. And especially when things happen to people that we love, how we deal with that is, is not easy and how we try and hold space and be strong when we feel like our worlds are falling apart. But we also have to remember that that we have to get from point A to point B. And however that looks for us, we have to honor it. So we can only go into every situation fully armed with as much information as we can and understand that we can only do what we can when we can with what we have. And sometimes we have to surrender it to the universe and let them do what they need to do to get us to where we need to go. So that's what I wanted to say. I hope that the people who need to hear this will hear this. I hope that these words will start you thinking about things differently. I hope that you can embrace emotion when it comes up, if it comes up for you around this and love yourself more because of the experiences that you've had and also affirm to yourself that this doesn't have to be, life doesn't have to be difficult. It doesn't have to be a struggle. You don't have to sacrifice. You don't have to be the invisible one. You don't have to be the one constantly compromising or giving of yourself. And hopefully you hear that message and you make those changes before the point at which you burn out because you have a light and you have a voice and you are beautiful and you deserve to be heard and you deserve to be seen and you deserve to take your place. So I'll leave that there for you, ladies um, and gentlemen, if it applies. <laughs> so I obviously, obviously I talk about stuff from a female perspective because that's my experience and these are to share some of my experience. But I will leave that message with you, trusting that the people who need to hear it will find it and will know that the vulnerability that comes in with this message is coming from the right place. 
have a beautiful week. Um, create something different for yourself. Give yourself permission to do something a little bit different. And I hope that you find joy in every single day. Catch you next week. <laughs>